Hello, Nahad, and welcome to episode three of the Outer Diameter podcast. This episode is titled The Terrible Ten, Common Mistakes of Hose Assemblies, which is hosted by Dixon Valve and Coupling, a Nahad manufacturing member since 1983. During the next 17 minutes, our guests, Jeff Newell and David Murphy, will be reviewing common mistakes of hose and fittings found in the field. Every day, Hose assemblies are potentially being used differently than they were designed to be used. Jeff and David will cover what things to look for to create a safer workplace. Neha would like to extend a thank you to Dixon Valve and Coupling for their time and preparation and planning for this insightful contribution. This broadcast is designed to be used for educational purposes and is not intended to promote a specific product or company. Let's get started. My name is Jeff Newell and I'm a project manager with Dixon Valve. I uh, have been with the company for 28 years and in the sales role and have seen a lot of things out on the road traveling from Virginia to Maine. And yes, I'm David Murphy. Uh, I've been with Dixon 11 years and was a territory manager as well covering Delaware, Maryland, Virginia and now in a terminal specialist role. And as Jeff said, I've seen a, a lot of things out there in the field and I uh, look forward to sharing some of those things that we've seen with you today of, of what not to do out there. Right. These are, are uh, some of the, probably the 10 most common mistakes that we find out in the field. So uh, without any further ado, let's jump right into it, Dave. Great. One of the ones that we see that's very common out there uh, is a standard pipe nipple being used uh, on a hose. So, and with a worm gear clamp involved in that. So what happens there is that a guy out there in the field could be taking and thinking he's doing the right thing and hurry up into making a connection where uh, it's precisely the wrong thing to do. Taking a hose and putting it over a pipe nipple and using that with a worm gear clamp, the serrations on that pipe nipple are rather sharp. As they tighten that worm gear clamp down, you know, they're going to tighten it, tighten it some more. I bet I can tighten it a little bit more. And as they do that, those serrations on that pipe shank are cutting into that hose. So that's degrading the uh, integrity of that hose there. And it's really just, again, the wrong application. It should be used with a standard shank on a cam and groove coupler. Uh, the other risk that they run there is the tang on that worm gear clamp could actually uh, be very sharp. So if a guy goes to grab or remove his hand, they could cut their hand on that tang, uh, resulting in a workplace injury, uh, which is, again, what we want to avoid while being out there. So uh, using a worm gear clamp, a hose, and a pipe nipple as that connection is, is not the way to go. Right. You want to definitely have a hose barb or serrations on there. Something that's designed to be held into a hose. 100%. Something else that we see a lot of is a universal fitting being used, uh, universal air fitting being used with steam. And uh, this, a lot of this has been cleaned up, but uh, you still get into places where they're using a a quick disconnect or Chicago style crow's foot disconnect on steam service. And uh, because they're just a quarter turn, you are highly recommended not to use them with steam. Uh, some companies even put that right on the, the owner's manual, right on the side of the fitting there, you know, not for steam. Um, there's uh, just too much of a possibility to get burned because there's pressure in the line and you don't know it. You do a quarter turn and all of a sudden you've got live steam coming out. And uh, live steam makes for a really bad burn. If you've ever lifted the top off of a pot of boiling water that's a that's a steam burn at zero psi so under pressure it can do a lot of damage in a hurry yeah so uh, in this situation one of the first hose and safety surveys that we were actually on together uh years ago we saw this actually in the in the field 
and there was steam shooting between the, the connections. I remember asking the operator why uh, they were using that universal uh, clamp style for steam service. And the, the, the operator just said to us, because that's how it was when I came here, and I've never, I've never changed it. And I just, that's always stuck with me through all the years of just making sure that we're always out there being prevalent and, and educating our customers that if, if there was a way that they were doing it when they came into their job, um, we, we should always be looking to say, hey, that's glad nobody's been hurt, but here's the best way to do that um, and, and, sh and show them that path. So Right, yeah. Just because we've been doing it that way forever doesn't mean that it's been doing it the right way forever. Yeah, so very true. So one of the next ones that we're looking at here is uh, band clamps. Um, a lot of the folks that are out there, I see, uh, we see a hose assemblies being made, and obviously the guys in the shop are taking a little bit of time to make sure that they take those preformed band clamps and that those buckles are in a straight line as they uh, uh, tighten those around the shank of the, of the coupler. It may look great, and they're taking the time to put them in a straight line, but really the goal here is to make sure that those buckles are at least 90 degrees offset and preferably 180. The reason why that's being is because, again, in that straight line, if, if the buckle on the farthest end of the shank starts to say uh, they drop it over time, the, the buckle might loosen a little bit, now you're going to have product come straight through that buckle and then right to the other buckle um, on that band in that straight line. So if you offset those, you just got to think about that. If it, if it gets through one, it has to really work its way 180 degrees to the other side of the hose before it sees the other band and, and move from there. So um, again, the guys in the shop, save, save a little bit of time. Offset those things at least 90, preferably 180 degrees when you're making those assemblies. Speaking of band clamps, um, you know, their placement on the hose shank is also important. Because, you know, sometimes we'll see a fitting that has started to walk out of the hose because the bands weren't put in the proper space. So if you're utilizing a hose barb that has like two notably higher serrations, you want to lay that next to the hose and mark where those serrations are so that you know where to put the bands. You want that band to be as close to the serration as possible uh, so that it avoids. Once you know, if something starts in motion, it tends to stay in motion. So once that thing starts to move, the odds are pretty good that it might continue to eject the stem right out of the end of the hose. So uh, obviously that's not uh, what we want. So just by taking the easy step of marking lines to show you where to put your bands right in front of will help keep the fitting where it's supposed to be. And if it has all the same size serrations, just mark the end of the fitting and know that they have to be in front of that and not lined up like David was just talking about. Another one that we see out there in steam service applications is when we have bolt clamps uh, being used as the method of retention. Uh, they do have a minimum and a maximum OD range. So we got to make sure that when we're making this assembly that we're measuring that hose OD properly and identifying the range of that proper uh, bolt clamp that, to be used in that assembly. Uh, we see it out there sometimes where the, uh, call it like the dovetails or the tags on that bolt clamp where guys might be tightening that down. Um, if they tighten it down too far with the wrong size clamp, they're going to bottom out. They'll be, you know, the, the dovetails will be touching, which means you can't tighten it anymore, which means we're not getting the proper retention uh, for that hose and in that, in that uh, assembly. So that's something else to be cognitive of. Just make sure that we're always measuring that hose OD and properly sizing it with that correct bolt clamp. And then when, you, uh, when the clamp has do touch, then you can just take that clamp off and use it on another hose, right? That will should never happen. It is one and done. So once that clamp has been used and in service, if you're going to replace the hose, replace the end, or replace the bolt clamp, start all over. Again, back to what we were saying earlier, we're dealing with steam here. 
And, and Jeff, your point was great when you talk about uh, you know, a boiling water with a lid on it, and that's at zero PSI. We, we see these applications, you guys see it out there in the field, where we're, you know, we're 90, 150, saturated steam. Um, we don't want to play with that, take any risk with that. So it's one and done. Replace the bolt clamp and start, start again. And the bolts? We're, we're not going to run out to our local hardware store and pick up a bolt. You're going to contact back to uh, your, your manufacturer and get a proper bolt for that. They are a certain grade. Um, they're not just, again, an off-the-shelf bolt that you might get at any, any uh, hardware store that's out there. So again, go back to your manufacturer and get the replacement bolts for that. Gotcha. So there's clamps designed for specific uses. So uh, one thing that we do see a lot in the field is where people are using a clamp and they shouldn't be using a clamp at all. And that's on the uh, push-on fittings. So, you know, any of the push-on fittings, they have usually a yellow collar on them, sometimes brass collar, uh, but they're designed to work exclusively with push-on hose. And if you mix and match the two, you're actually lowering the holding capacity and cutting into the end of the hose because the push-on barbs have a much, ex uh, they have an exaggerated flare to them, uh, so to speak, and then they have a woven, uh, lining on the hose. Uh, they act like the old finger cuffs where you know the harder you pull the tighter it gets and by utilizing the worm gear clamp that is uh, counteractive to the finger cuff technique. So um, if you're using push-on hose with push-on tube uh, fittings don't use a clamp of any kind. That just seems weird because I gotta you gotta put a clamp on everything it seems like. Not everything. Okay, okay. So uh, another one that's, uh, that we see frequently out there is uh, looking at our, when, you, when you're crimping a hose assembly. Um, if you are using a ferrule in that assembly opposed to a sleeve, uh, some of the times we see with the guys, you, you might move that uh, crimp ferrule higher up onto the shank and actually miss that groove that those, that those uh, I always call them the teeth or how that ferrule rolls over there, um, that collar there should be going into the groove that's on the fitting. So if, if we miss that when we're crimping and making that hose assembly, uh, we're really doing an injustice. We're not making a proper hose assembly there. You want to have those interlocking fingers in the groove that's on that fitting so they can interlock when everything is crimped down together and tight. That really plays a big part. Um, a lot of studying and research and testing is going into uh, the difference between the retention of a ferrule and the retention of a sleeve. And if we're, we're obviously putting a ferrule into that hose assembly, we want to make sure that those fingers are, are again interlocked around that so we're getting that proper retention and hitting those pressure rates that we should be seeing there. So, Yeah, if, you're not, if it's not interlocking, you might as well have just saved some money on and gone with a sleeve in the first place. Yes. That's basically what you've done. And if you if you don't catch it in your shop before it gets out to your customer, I guarantee your customer is most likely going to pick up on that. And that might hurt your future chances of selling another hose assembly in there if you're if you're kind of making them that way. Right. So, yeah. just be cognitive of that point when you're when you're making your hose assemblies. Right. So, uh, there's some uh, another thing that we see out there uh, a fair amount is in with cam and groove fittings and either they're missing a gasket or they've been dropped and the handle breaks. Um, so there's obviously two handles on most cam and groove for a reason to get the proper compression on the gasket. So if a handle's missing or a gasket's missing, uh, you're not going to get the proper sealing. And uh, we would always recommend to use a locking handle, particularly in applications where there's a lot of vibration. The arms have a tendency to walk up 
with the vibration so it'll eventually uh, open up and then spit the hose off of the pump for instance. Uh, some folks will close the arms and then use a zip tie to lock them or hold them down into place uh, but then to open it they've got to cut the zip tie if they don't have another zip tie to replace it then they've now lost their uh, they've lost their method of keeping the arms from opening up so uh, a velcro strap is one way to go with it it's obviously reusable but really the best thing is to choose some sort of locking device that's built into the arm uh, to help with that uh, vibration problem do you think it hurts your hands when you're trying to close a, a cam arm that's broken? Yes, I would imagine it does. Yeah, <laughs> so get those replaced for sure. Yeah. So another one that's really prevalent out there, um, again, seeing this a lot out there, it's just uh, connections that are made on a horizontal outlet. And, and what we mean mm -hmm. there is like, you know, you're going to have, uh, you know, if you're walking through a plant and you might have an I-beam and there's a pipe running down that, uh, supply line, you know, and it's, you know, has a valve on the end of it and it comes out at a horizontal outlet and there's a hose that droops off of that the hose makes a hard 90 we see where the hose will actually start to fail in that hard 90 radius where it's bending down to the ground so you're wearing the hose out there and then if the hose was to come you know disconnected or, or fail um, and that valve is open and you're standing next to it it's going to be shooting you right in in, in your midsection your face um, and again we, we've seen we've seen this with steam lines Mm -hmm. that are out there like that. So, I mean, one of the things that we always recommend when we're out there in the field and we see that is just really using a 45 degree um, or, or, you know, a 90 that rotates down on that outlet. On that outlet. Why is that? Because if you use that 45 or the 90 degree that turns in the, in the downward direction on that vertical plane, it allows the hose to relax. So you're not going to be seeing that stress, as I was uh, explaining earlier, where that, you know, you're going to have that hose start to craze and, and crack there on that hard radius. And then if something was to fail, or somebody you know, didn't have the hose connected and, and opens up that valve, it's gonna be shooting straight down, or at least on that 45 where it hopefully would miss your midsection or your face and maybe hit you uh, in the lower extremity. Still not a good thing, but, but better, than better. The, better than the alternative. Yeah, not hitting you in the critical zone. Yes, so um, that's another just a big one that we see out there that, that really, it, you know, what are you taking an operator just a few minutes to, to thread that in there to, to be a much more safer working environment? So. Yeah, and it'll extend the life of the hose yeah, yes. as well. Yes. So they'll have to buy the hose less frequently. Well, is that a good thing or a bad thing? I mean, we <laughs> like selling hoses and stuff like that, but hey, right. you know what? Safety's number one. We want folks to, to leave their job the way they came in that morning. So, Yes. Dead guys don't buy hose or that's a That's a valid point. Uh, so one of the other things we touched on a little bit, uh, Dave mentioned it, was the worm gear clamps. Um, you know, we see them in pressure applications. And the worm gear was designed for a static application, like your radiator. Some folks call them radiator clamps. Um, they're not really supposed to be moved around and, and they're often just used as a quick band-aid where something goes wrong and they have to slide the uh, slide the worm gear clamp on there to hold it just temporary till I, you know, put this, this will put the fire out for now and I'll run over and, uh, you know, fix the next fire and then the next fire and next thing you know, you forget to go back and then the new guy, as you said earlier, the new guy starts and well, it's always been that way. Well, that was a temporary fix that has now become the <laughs> SOP. So, yeah. you know, uh, we don't recommend that because of the excess tang. They usually, you know, grab whatever they have and make it work. And so... We, we we prefer to choose any method of clamping uh, other than worm gear clamps for any sort of application because it's 
fitting is usually where the hand is going to be. So, you know, I was thinking about this one too. Is, is refer, referring back uh, to the one earlier with the with the pipe nipple and the worm gear clamp and the hose on that and the serrations of the pipe nipple that dig into the inside of the hose that you're not able to see, mm -hmm. right? But the other one is is that we've seen this out there in the cheese field. Grater. Is the cheese grater? Yeah. Right. So you have a worm gear clamp where the operator just keeps tightening and tightening the clamp, and and those little uh, gap spaces between the worm gear clamp, the hose actually starts uh, protruding through that. As a, right. as a cheese grater, right? Yeah. So, um, you know, you get guys in here that go, I can get it tighter, I can get it tighter. And again, they're not only degrading the inside of that hose, which they can't see, you, you can clearly see it on the outside. So, um, just, you know. Cutting the covers. The cover is what protects the rest of the hose. So, yeah. by cranking that down, you're, you're cutting into it. Yep. So, these are a lot of the things that we've seen over the years in various places. And, uh, you know, OSHA fines have really started to increase because as people are getting safer, they're handing out less fines and uh, they've got an infrastructure to support. So how do we do that? If we're handing out less fines, let's jack the price up. Mm -hmm. So some stuff that used to be $250 uh, fine, like uh, using a pin with that universal fitting. If you don't use the pin, it used to be a $250 fine. It's now a $1,000 fine. And if you watch any kind of regular TV, you know, every third commercial is an injury lawyer that's uh, jumping out of a bush to sue somebody for something. So we really want to try to do as much as we can to kind of keep the workplace uh, safe and our operators and our people safe. And these are just some of the stuff that we see on uh, almost every time we're in a plant, we can see at least one of these uh, things that could be done better. So correct. Um, with uh, with that in mind, um, you know, maybe contact your, your fitting manufacturer or your hose manufacturer and see if they'll come work with you, uh, the distributor, at your customers to help educate them as well. It's important that we educate you, but it has to make it onto the end user's uh, uh, knowledge database as well. So uh, we're, we're here to help if we can. Contact your local territory salesman. Well, look forward to having you folks in the field. Thanks.